Everyday Business Solutions, the podcast that offers you the right perspective on achieving success. We interview business professionals from all over to bring our listeners the right solutions to all their questions. Season one is about change management and enabling you to both face and create change in all aspects of your company. We're talking management, sales, service, HR, and more. Let's jump straight into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Business Solutions. My name is Haley Morris. I'm your podcast coordinator and host. Today, we have with us Janet Mesh. Janet is the CEO, I can't speak, CEO of AIMTOL, and she's going to tell us a bit more about marketing and agile marketing specifically. So, Janet, why don't you go ahead and talk? Tell us sure. more about yourself. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, Haley. Um, happy to be here on the show today. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm Janet. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Aimtel. So we're a remote-first digital and content marketing agency. Uh, we are headquartered like in Boston, but our team's um, kind of is fully remote. So we have team members here in the United States. We have one in Europe and continuing to grow and expand. And we support clients specifically like in the B2B tech and SaaS industry. Um, with all of pretty much of our full service agency. So really helping them um, specifically with their online marketing um, and a lot of their like lead generation tactics and campaigns. So it's been a very exciting year with uh, everything going even more digital than before. So excited to kind of talk through that today. Yeah, I'm excited too, because um, Everyday Business Solutions, as some people might be aware, is owned by AA Solutions and we are a SaaS company. So this is going to be a really great opportunity to delve into really kind of our world of how things go. Yeah, so, definitely. So let's go ahead and start though by different, defining this term of agile marketing, because I think some people are, most people are very familiar with the term marketing and what it means. Um, but what is agile marketing? Uh, so agile marketing, and I'm not going to tell myself as anything of an expert, the agile community is definitely uh, pretty strong and has very specific ways they do things. And But it's been really cool because um, this year specifically, I've really seen like a massive shift towards the, like, you know, marketing teams or marketing agencies and departments shifting to agile methodology. And what it, what it is, is like a project management framework. Um, it's kind of like a principle of of how to do to do work and um i kind of like it's kind of like i always think of it as like a methodology and a mindset um so you're really like focused on building like processes and systems that allow your team to self-organize be like cross-functional and work collaboratively and collaboratively and you have everyone really focus on the outcome and with that flexibility it allows a team to kind of i mean the the basis of being agile is to be adaptable so, you know, you're really like everything's optimized so that the team can work efficiently without sacrificing quality is kind of like the root definition of it. Um, so like typically uh, with marketing, like you would plan out, you know, your entire year, your entire marketing plan for the year, like, okay, we're going to do this, this month and this, this quarter, and this is where we're going to focus. But it makes things very rigid. Uh, if you have this like massive plan and you're tying your budget really specifically um to that grandiose plan and things like happened in 2020 <laughs> you know a couple of things and a, and a q3 and a q1 i should say uh in march comes around and it just throws all your plans completely out the window uh so you know that 
this kind of with agile which, which is which is a great thing to kind of even start like considering to bring into like your processes and how you're thinking about marketing and structuring your plans and your strategies um is that you're not going to be like completely disrupted if something like bigger than you know your company or yourself um changes everything for your industry or for your product it also it always doesn't always have to be a negative thing too a lot of um even SaaS brands actually this has been like a huge opportunity for them for growth so it's like how actually now when you have this opportunity for like exponential growth like how are you able to like scale quickly without you know kind of destroying maybe um internal processes of the team or you know a range of things we can go in all different directions (laughs) no it's it's true because you know and we've we've always tried to be or well we've tried to be really conscious of how we talk about it but our company has done amazing you know these last several months in fact it's been like one best month after the other like we're actually still can yeah so it's true SAS is doing amazing because there's so much need for it and because that's the way the world was already beginning to pivot Mm -hmm. and now it's just been accelerated there's this been 2020 was a catalyst that was introduced to some of these changes that were already occurring um and the rise of SAS has been happening for a while, I mean, many people are probably familiar with a CRM or HRS or things like that that do these um, different services. But this idea, though, is that we could have flopped if we hadn't yeah. been able to pivot. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, it comes back to like the agile marketing and the being able to be flexible is not just for giant pandemics um, or even recessions like 2008. It's for any time this like an external factor puts stress on your company or sometimes an internal factor if it's big enough mm-hmm. so for sure yeah and like the, the uh, what I really like about like um even like the agile manifesto there's like a there's actually like a whole manifesto that's like been created I mean I think it was created I well I should have I should we need to fact check this I don't remember exactly the year um <laughs> you, you may know better than me uh, but I think it was the early 2000s because it came from the tech industry, agile methodology was where it was born. And um, they created an entire like manifesto and they have 10 principles. But the one that I really identify was responding to change over following a plan. You know, I'm, I think even any marketer listening to this or even any business owner, uh, you know, you definitely love to follow a plan. It's a really, you know, like having things are very organized and being able to like forecast. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I, I thrive in that, but what I've learned is the more adaptable you can be. And, and I really like that, like respond to change or following a plan. You know, you should, you should have the, the plan definitely as like this, like kind of like your guardrails, but knowing that you're going to have to change things and tweak it and, you know, just being flexible within it, it almost just using it as like a blueprint instead of like, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. And I think usually when I do, like when I was planning for this podcast, for example, I started very broad um, and then I worked my, my way down and I gave myself a lot of spacing too. Like, I think we were recording about like four or five weeks out ideally um, for each episode so that if something happens, mm-hmm. we can record new content quickly or we can shuffle content appropriately that it's not going to throw everything off. And if um, staff changes happen. Like we have somebody going on vacation or we have somebody changing department right. or leaving us that we're not shorted because we don't have that person anymore. No, it's okay. We have that 
person's gone, that person's not available right now, but now what do we do? And we are able to swing into it, which is the whole principle of it, really. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's very focused on like constant improvement, which I really like as well, because you, it, in order to like improve, you have to do reflection. So they tie in to each other. So how we structure it at Ains, I can speak, I can speak a little specifically. So like at Intel specifically, um, with my team, like we, I mean, we, I, I don't know if we're like truly like doing agile exactly. Like, I mean, you could do like your, your scrums and like daily standups. We found that we didn't necessarily need like very, like those very key pieces, but we really like taking the mindset and the methodology of like constant improvement and really analyzing like, and it's really important to marketing because you need to understand like what's working well for the brands you're working with or for your business and like what's not and and doing that reflection and then trying to like iterate and innovate like almost week over week um and of course like giving things enough time to like test but really being flexible and how you're moving forward and what you can change so we do it like on a weekly basis where um, my team specifically um with like all of our client projects on mondays we meet and we go over kind of just like what what's in the pipeline for like projects and tasks for clients but like even on our monday meetings we do like a reflection and like an analysis of what worked well and what didn't work well the week before for clients and like areas that we can see for like um you know improving some of their marketing strategy like maybe some of their social media channels need a little bit of a bump or we need to do something a little bit different with a lead generation campaign to drive in some more leads for them that week. So we like have those conversations, um, come up with some, you know, maybe something new or things that we have worked before that we'll like reapply. And then we do it again on Fridays where we have like a team call and we're all remote. So like these meetings are really important because it is that like FaceTime. And I like to think of it as like a bookend in the week, Monday to Friday. And um, so on Fridays, we do like a wrap up call and that is like, is even more focused on like discussing what worked well and what didn't. And we, we have like a kind of like a celebrating your win section of our meeting where like the team gives each other kudos or recognizes things, good things that happen. And then there's like a section where we talk through like, okay, what's some stuff like internally with the company and for clients that we can improve. Sometimes there isn't anything, which is great, but it's not necessarily like, you want to frame it as a negative. It's really like, what can we do better? Or like, what could bring a little bit of ease next week so we don't feel so overwhelmed? Or like, what could be a little bit, bring some excitement into the mix? Um, yeah, and it's, it's really nice because then you, you kind of have everything documented too, so you can re- refer to it and see how things have progressed. Mm-hmm. That's like a checkpoint, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Check in, see how you're doing. Re- reface a little bit if you need and then get ready to go again exactly so, you pit stops in nascar my, <laughs> my great grandma loved her nascar so that's awesome um, yeah just as long as they're not as brief as those pit stops are now <laughs> yeah so well i yeah i know that some teams like will do like a daily stand-up where they're like assessing like um you know what they're working on like what the blockers are and then you do like our the, what the we call it kind of call a wrap-up but the technical mm-hmm. term if wants to look up is called a retrospective um it's like the where you're really like reflecting and you can do all types of retrospectives but um we kind of just do it in terms of what i just described yeah yeah and i think there's there's some countries that do that like every day that they'll do a big company meeting um where it's just basically news that's going out and then they'll go mm-hmm. into their their teams and they'll meet and then do more information exchange and things like that and assignment yeah exactly 
So the face to face interaction is so huge. I'll sometimes just message my coworker and be like, I need help, but uh, can we do it on team so that I can see your face? And they'll be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, that's what, yeah, that's what's really nice with this year too is all the, um, you know, video program, like, you know, Zoom, Teams, all, you know, Slack. Like we use, the tools are really important actually what you're using um, in marketing and like, and just in running a business um, or a team is like really, we, we use Trello for all of our project management. It's kind of like the backbone of everything that we use. And we actually started using um, another, another Alassian tool called Confluence. It's like our, started using as like our wiki, like our kind of like, I call it like the Intel brain. <laughs> so like a lot of our like processes are documented. That's like what we're building out now. So everyone, you're pretty much like d- democratizing information. So everyone has like a level playing field and it's not like some tribal knowledge that you learn something like it's very clear of how you, you know, work and how we like do marketing or how we like work with clients and our expectations for, and standards for quality. Um, and even just like how the team's expected to work together, um, especially remotely. And it's nice when you can just, oh, but it's also really nice when you can just jump on a Zoom with someone or yeah. video call and just chat things out as well instead of just always like um, DMing someone. We, we do the same thing with the, the information sharing as well. We use an internal help desk and then we have our external cool. help desk to, to make sure that, yeah, somebody who wants to, we hand them the information that will help them get started because it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're probably in the same boat. It's a lot of information for somebody coming in. Um, and I actually did like our onboarding before. So I had to kind of work out what they need to know and what they don't need to know. And then once they're caught up or even before that, they're welcome to go straight into our internal help desk and start pulling information and learning more. Um, it's super available, which is cool. awesome because some people, they absorb and they want to learn. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like the, definitely very agile because it's like you're allowing people to like self-organize and self-manage mm-hmm. and then, you know, asking, you know, makes a really like efficient, what I've seen, it makes a very like efficient team and structure because someone's not dependent on someone to like respond to their message to give them information. They can serve themselves. Mm-hmm. Helps on the phones with customers too. When yeah. like, you need to find something quick, you can just search it with that's cool. desk. Did you guys build it yourself? I'm curious. Yeah, (laughs) no. So we have a couple of people on office who are mostly responsible for our support team who, you know, they have to know all the little intricacies. They just really kind of are building out the content. And then if they see need, they'll shift it now new. So it's, it's always growing and changing. It's not, it's a living beast. It's never just one way. So right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And we just use something basic like SharePoint. Um, mm-hmm. everybody has access to it already through their email and it's super easy to set up articles and right. um, embed videos and do things like that so excellent yeah, yeah we yeah. have a client that does that that stuff too they work a lot in SharePoint mm-hmm. <laughs> partner. I never knew you could do all that stuff with Microsoft yeah, like super like complex actually like Microsoft yeah. Flow is like a beast it's really interesting <laughs> yeah right and then like you people people don't even understand everything that Excel can do. Every time somebody's like, oh, you, did you know you could do this? I'm like, no, I had no idea. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but kind of coming back more to the, the, the agile marketing side and the marketing of it, we mentioned mindset a couple of times. So you mentioned mindset a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to dive more into what mindset means for you and how 
if you're bringing somebody on, you're working with somebody, how you kind of train and teach that to somebody? Yeah. Um, so it's really, you know, around kind of back to, you know, it, it, it specifically like marketing to marketers is like, we do love to plan and like know what's ahead. And a lot of people, you know, it's, it's nice to present to clients as well. Like this is the expected plan. And, but a lot of the times when I'm like presenting strategy or things, I just kind of leave with the caveat of like, this is like what we're planning for, but like, we're going to keep like some like budget or like timelines, like open or a little bit flexible, just depending on, on what could happen. You know, like it's almost just like building more of like a framework. And then, you know, as you're kind of, kind of getting closer to like a month or the week, you get a little bit more granular of what you're going to be pushing out. Um, so it really comes down to like that mindset of like, like I said before, like responding to the change and being flexible um instead of just being like cut and dry like no this has to happen no matter what happens um because you know there's just things that and we can talk specifically around like covid because i have a you know several things that happen where and honestly like it's a matter of some, some things will go out so i i can i think talking a little bit more a little bit specifically first with like social media so we create like content calendars and we like kind of map out like what we're going to be like posting about for clients but things will happen where, and what happened this year was like, you know, with coronavirus or even just the social unrest in our country this year um, and continuing to happen is like the way that you, brands are speaking online or even like coming down to like the imagery. So we had to like assess a lot of things that we we're putting out, not showing like stock imagery, you know, raising any stock pictures or video, like, is it showing people like together like closely working together because that's not something that is like possible with social distancing so even just like making sure when you're when you're creating everything is like taking a step back and like assessing like is this like work is this going to work with the current like you know situation of the world or within our industry and just really like keeping a pulse on that um i find it's like really important also is like what we like to do with our social for our clients is we, we plan things out, um, you know, like all of their posts and um, work proactively, but we do like leave time to focus on like just doing like some like on the fly posts. And a lot of the time those are like the best posts, of course, you know, the ones that you're, <laughs> the ones that you just kind of like put up and have like a creative sparker usually do the best. Um, and then even like ones that are just more like community engagement focused, we're just spending a little bit of time of sharing different resources or like chatting, you know, through the brand with like some of their followers. Um, that, that is like really important to the strategy as well, where you're not planning everything, but you have a plan to like jump on for a couple hours per week to do like some, um, you know, some flexible work on social to really like engage and um, connect with people. Yeah, I know. I can imagine if you had taken a post about, uh, you know, flying somewhere and going on a vacation um, and enjoying a certain product or, uh, you know, some of the mobility type things might be able to, oh, sitting down in a cafe and you put out that post, white room people get quarantined and it's exactly. no cafe is open and you wouldn't want to go to a cafe if it was open because, you know, it would be kind of detrimental because then it looks like you're insensitive and um, right and then on the flip side if you're not flexible enough and you just decide to scrap that content then you have a gaping hole of opportunity that you could have filled 
Um, and it's like our CEO says, if you're not getting better, you're not constantly improving, like you mentioned before, then you're mm-hmm. getting worse and you're falling behind. So, totally. So yeah, I got him. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's not to say that like you shouldn't have, a, I'm not saying like you shouldn't have a plan. You shouldn't, like you definitely should. You need to like understand your industry and like, not even just the industry is like really, I mean, our big focus is we take like an empathetic approach to what we do. So we're always like thinking of like the person that we're like marketing and like speaking with and like trying to connect with on behalf of our clients and like through the content we're creating on for social or through webinars or blog posts, um, you know, downloadable guides, whatever it is. It's always about like that person, not necessarily about like the company because when you're in the mindset and you're putting yourself in the shoes of that person, it just makes it a little bit easier to like understand like their worldview and like what they're going to respond to and like what they truly need as a solution and how the content can, can, you know, work to solve that for them. Well, yeah, especially right now when people are, there's so many concerns and so much worry in the air that they really, it's coming back to them. So if they Mm -hmm. feel appreciated and acknowledged and that, Oh, they're being taken care of. They oh, trust sure. that. Well, it's interesting. Of- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, you like, you said exactly what I was thinking was when you, is it, it comes down to the trust really is, um, you know, operating from in, in specifically like content and even if it, you know, and using like digital channels to like share your, your information from your company is, you know content helps build trust and that trust compounds over time so if you're really focused in those areas of trying to like be consultative and build trust and people are I mean just even you know everyone I I think that I talk to you is just like looking for that trust and trying to like you know find something or someone that they can like believe in and like associate with that they like you know feel comfortable with um so you know brands have a lot of opportunity to to kind of fill that gap which is pretty exciting (laughs) yeah and um because I love coding the people from my office because you know the pretty smart people in there um but our sales manager kind of said something along those lines like he's from a sales side so he said you know what you're not selling when you make contact with somebody you're not selling when you initially contact with them it's not your product it's not your business it's not anything you're selling yourself in that relationship Mm -hmm. um they like to connect on the individual level first so it feels personal and it feels like it's going directly to them you're going to actually start to build up that trust versus just here's my product it's shiny and new whether it's you know SaaS or a retail-based product yeah. it's, it's the same thing where you're just like operating with like that I was like saying like it's if you think of it like okay definitely like your product or your service can like solve something in someone's life and you can really like help change the way they work or do things but that's only like one piece of their world so it's like how does that fit into like maybe like an hour of their day and I think it kind of keeps people a little bit humble and it's a good thing to kind of like level set and realize like okay this is like our world but it may not be like the world of our customers but how can we at least like improve like one little aspect of it Mm -hmm. and too we think of like people will sacrifice a lot to be happy. I mean, rom-com movies are a great example just because you always see like, you know, like this princess or whatever runs off for like this guy with no money or there's always something where people are giving up for these things that they feel gives them emotional value. Mm -hmm. Um, So it comes back to, you may have a great product that enhances part of their life. It could even enhance their entire workday. 
But if you can't make them happy in the process, they're probably not going to buy into it. Right. For sure. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Like it comes down to like those relationships and, and like the consistency of it, you know, like it just because you, someone became like a customer or they're like in, just in your community, like learning from you. um, It doesn't mean that it's just like one time you're connected and and then it's, you know, move on to the next one. It's really like that quality over the quantities. What I'm seeing like a shift tour, which is really nice is that like, you know, there's not like all this like greed of having to need everything and more and more, more. It's like getting, you know, the, I always say like the niches are in the riches and being a little bit more focused and like who you're targeting and connecting with and truly creating like those relationships and like that connection. That's more of what it's about instead of just like, trying to get all these like you know eyeballs on your content or like impressions and like kind of those vanity metrics it's really like who's actually like committing to engaging with your like company and your content and like is asking for more giving feedback and like wanting to like help through the process no it's true because you think of like our company is very good in that we early on established we our customer service team is the majority of our company and we have a couple different areas of that depending on what their focus is so making sure that you're actually probably taking better care of your customers than potential customers because hey they've already committed to you they're putting their time and effort and money into you um and actually reciprocating that is a huge thing and it's more affordable for you in the long run so it makes more sense And I think we're starting to see more companies branch towards that. So where marketing is also not just externally focused, it's internally focused too. Like you're actually marketing to your current customer. Um, Yeah. And it's not always just, I'm trying to sell you a different feature or whatever. It's just Mm -hmm. trying to connect and continue to build that relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, yeah, that's the, yeah, there's like definitely, we focus more on the external, but there's like a whole other element of like, and it's actually, it's actually fun. I, I, we've been starting to help some of our clients with more of like that, like the customer lifecycle marketing. It's like, okay, after they become a user or customer, like what kind of content are you giving them? What information, like, how are you bringing them like back or keeping them engaged? It's, it's really fun actually. Yeah. It's, it's really cool too, because you already have, they're already an audience. They're already mm-hmm. looking to receive something from you. Um, usually informative, like the educational stuff is huge, but they're already there and they're waiting. Um, So I know like the big thing, like with the marketing is your, your exposure is huge. So how many views are you getting? How many likes versus the amount of followers and views did you get? Like what percentage of it actually liked the content that you're putting out? Um, and if you're not marketing to the people who liked it in the first place, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of it's kind of a funny thing. So right, you want to mm-hmm. right, you don't want to like just constantly trying to. I mean, yeah, you want to give the attention to the people and like the the audience who's who's already shown up and stayed around instead of just and really nurturing that before moving on to the next stuff yeah. <laughs> or the next people. Mm-hmm. You can do that with subscription, like ours mm-hmm. is subscription based, or you could do that with things that are retail so if you're selling like each time you sell to them it's like a one object that they keep a returning customer is huge that i know i have huge brand loyalty for a couple because i know i'm inside and out and they sent you me a thank you message when i bought from them so you know little things like that um go a long way but it's also the huge thing with again 
it's only effective if you're able to keep up with the current situation. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like flexible. And it's like nice, like kind of comes back to like, you know, something maybe like working well, but there's like little tweaks you can make, or maybe it's, it's not really working well. So like taking those like opportunities to like reflect and like analyzing, like doing like a retrospective or like what worked well, what didn't. It's also, I found like we've started doing it more of like our projects where we do analyze like after a campaign or um, something like that of like what worked well, what didn't and like, th- like you know, things that we could do in the future. And it's great because like six months from now, you may not remember those like very minor details. So it's really helpful to like have that documented to refer, you know, a lot of that you'll, you'll apply, but there's little things that you're like, oh yeah, when we did that last year, like what was the process or like, what did we, what was the decision from that? Because, you know, your <laughs> things move too fast and you're dealing with so many things at once that sometimes you can miss those little details. So it's nice to have a record uh, mm-hmm. and be able to refer to it. Yeah. And then I think too, the thing with like social media is things, can do very well they can kind of just coast and quietly do well they can like really tank and like (laughs) it could be like they just don't get any engagement or literally like it stirs up too much attention in the bad side of things that it's actually you just gave yourself negative publicity um and so like not only being able to not use content that does that but be able to pivot and adjust when it does happen so that you can say, no, that's misunderstood or, oh, we misunderstood and now we're going to fix it, which I think a lot of companies have had time to do recently. A lot. Definitely rule of thumb is like, don't delete the, please don't delete the post. Just like, just be transparent. Like you, oh, we made a mistake. This is happening. Like you're going to get so much like the worst thing is just be like, I don't want to deal with it because people like there are records online, like people screenshot stuff all the time and you can easily find, I've seen this happen a couple of times and like on Twitter. So specifically like someone put out a thread, but then they're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that and they'll delete it. But people have like captured it through like the thread readers or things like that. So it's still recorded. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, definitely don't delete. <laughs> just and- own up and, you know, if you make a mistake, you know, just realize it and uh try to bridge back the gap if you if possible personally mm-hmm. cancel culture has gotten very real this year so right I think too we respect people more who say own their mistakes and then actually improve upon them not just are owning the same mistake over and over and over again um yeah. but like own it and then say okay what do we bet like they actually do something actionable with that information and then sure. like you said, don't delete the post because then you're in the news again and or it's delete. again bad publicity because you hid um, and you probably didn't own it. You maybe put out half of an apology um, and pulled down the post or you just pretended it didn't exist, exactly. which is, it feels fake to people for one, but also it just, it leaves a bad taste. Like what else are they hiding? Yeah. And sometimes oh. like, I think brands will get like, you know, you get negative feedback online and like you're or like negative comments on social or messages and sometimes like yeah you definitely need to respond and like escalate it or try to I mean try to de-escalate it really but sometimes like it just it, depending on how large the brand we work with like um a SaaS um brand and like they have millions of users so it's like you just can't respond to everyone unless it's like you know it's one of those things where you're like okay aggregating if everyone has the same problem then it's like a bigger issue but mm-hmm. sometimes like it's cool because then like if you come coming back to that community like you can rely on them as well to like 
help you respond or they can kind of like figure things out. It doesn't, not everything warrants a response from the brand all the time. And it can be like better not to, (laughs) and just kind of, you know, just, just like watching and listening really like think that a lot of the thing is we want to respond to like, try to like, you know, fix everything, but sometimes it's good just to listen and observe and then understand what to do next instead of being super reactionary. Yeah. Well, and we, with COVID, we've had a huge social movement that's still ongoing. And there was a lot of brands that really like put out something. And Mm -hmm. I think I was most impressed by the ones that actually stepped back that maybe left a note and said, we don't think we have something to input at this time. So just let you know, we are going to be quiet. And they stepped back and they were what they said they were, um, which was really cool. But also like, we saw some other ones, like I think Disney is a, a great one that we could put out there because everybody's familiar with it. We've watched probably everything that's on there during quarantine. Um, but what they did, I think at the beginning of some of their older movies is put a note about, um, you know, they didn't pull down that movie. They just put a note about it's not representative of their current beliefs and everything. This was right. just how the company was, um, which was yeah. kind of cool because they didn't announce that they were doing that. They just did it and other people noticed right and didn't have to make like some big publicity stunt around it which is i i respect <laughs> yeah you're not really becoming like a full bandwagon we call it like a bandwagon brand mm-hmm. that, or kind of just jumping on the performative allyship and using it as like a tactic and you know a lot of people realize like that's not the way that things should be done and you know staying true to like your values and like what you do represent and what you're like able to do you know you don't want to necessarily like promise things that like maybe your company's not capable of so staying true to that's important yeah so it definitely it's interesting because there's been we've seen a diversity of responses to mm-hmm. what's going on and obviously there's some good and some bad and um some people that you you still don't know what they were doing um but it's true because consumers whether it's um a business as a whole or it's an individual consumer everybody's some degree of social media are somewhat aware of it they know fake when they see fake oh yeah people are so um like brilliant and well educated on that front that as soon as it happens even if you're not quite aware somebody will point it out and like it makes sense and it that information circles much quickly much more quickly than a brand can respond yeah yeah, I mean, that's that comes down to like why like I, I, I love like using content to drive marketing strategy because consumers are so educated and like they, they want to educate themselves before they're even like having a conversation with the salesperson or like taking, you know, putting in any sort of inquiry and it gives them like all the like, you know, the information that's like tailored to them in order to like, you know, understand like your solutions or the product more and like taking the time to like figure out themselves before they're like okay I want to move forward in the process and that's a really nice like opportunity to like start building that trust and making that connection um like with your ideal and potential prospects yeah I definitely agree um so I just peaked at the time and I think we're kind of wrapping up towards a good episode link so I think the last thing I would like to touch on um is just like the tools and advice you can give somebody to kind of start moving towards an agile marketing system to start making sure that they're flexible, no matter what the change is, whether it's a huge pandemic or it's something on a smaller scale. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say, like, it's definitely, like, since it's kind of, like, a mindset and, like, a methodology to adopt, like, definitely do the research of, like, we, we touched on, like, so many aspects of it that, you know, you can learn a lot. So coming back to, like, start educating yourself on what it is first and, like, if it makes sense for your team because there's a lot of, like, resistance to change. I mean, that's, like, that's pretty common and it does it it requires a lot of change and like being flexible so like first you kind of have to like understand like is your team that you're like your marketing team gonna be you know attuned to this are they interested um retrospectives are a nice way to like kind of like analyze like first like what's working well with our processes or what we're doing and what's not and like giving people like some ownership to like make some of those decisions and like help build this out is like really effective instead of it just coming from like this place of like command because a command and control like style doesn't really fit well because it's dependent on teams to like self-organize and self-manage and like work towards outcomes so really like communicating like really what it means for your team and like you know kind of pulling it together in that regard like having kind of like the system first and then building on it with like the tools so i mentioned we use trello for like our project management um and we even do it like for our meetings. There's a lot of other cool like meeting tools that you can be using. We just kind of use the one for now um, to really document like, okay, what's everyone working on? Um, like everyone having like visibility into like what's happening across client projects and then having a place for those, you know, writing down like what we can improve upon, what's working really well to continue. Um, that's really important, especially like in a, if you're a remote company or a remote team, like having that constant communication, those, like those channels is really important to making sure that everything works <laughs> works well um and i don't let's i mean i think those are like some of the two things and of course it's like the mindset and making sure that you're staying flexible and you're responding to change but you know you're you're you are still making a plan and like understanding um you know kind of like that what that roadmap is but just realizing like you may have to veer our course occasionally to adjust well and continue forward mm -hmm. You might have to instigate that change that yeah. can cause that chain reaction too. Um, because it goes back to 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 stay relative, um, to stay relevant, you have right. to continuously improve or you you won't be there. Exactly. You no. Know? Exactly. So no, that's a good point. And I think I think that's a good place to wrap up. We've kind of we've gone over agile marketing as a whole, and then we've kind of narrowed it down, talked about you know, the intricacies of it. And obviously it's a little, um, I want to say more broad than it is specific because mm -hmm. it is based on this idea of the markets are constantly changing, uh, your, your customers and consumers and anybody that you interact with are constantly changing and everybody's affected by these crazy situations that were involved, especially 2020, the year of change. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> Which I think I probably should be comfortable with it at this point. <laughs> mm -hmm. You would hope, you would hope. I take, I actually took a change management class once. And I think if people just um, even do trainings with their team on how to embrace change and instigate change and um, mm -hmm. why it's important, it would do so much to improve companies. It, it's a mind, it's like you said, it's a mindset. Yeah. Our teams, we look for people who have that mindset. Um, but sometimes you walk in and your team doesn't already have it if you're joining a company. So you might right. have to kickstart it because people have all the skills necessary. They just haven't been in the right, the right mindset yet. Yeah. Do, do a fun, like a quick creative brainstorm. It can always kind of like 
disruptings mm-hmm. in a positive way I find as well so that's a little actionable tip you can just kind of bring one day and just be like let's do a fun brainstorm or something like that yeah like the post-it notes on a whiteboard or whatever yeah, I guess. Sure. Maybe there's also to- really cool online tools too there's like Miro mural and a few other ones yeah. that you can do online so if yeah wants- I was gonna say because post-it note was the in-office thing but there's there's all yeah. these alternatives now because people are like not giving that up it's a it's a really <laughs> cool idea it so. is all right um anything else that you would like to touch on before we finish up um I would say I mean what it comes down to is just like just to kind of put a pin in what we discussed today is like really you know first like thinking of like who your like ideal audience is and like who who you're you know like creating like content or solutions for um like having that like drive like your strategy but then making you know and if you're building like a plan just realizing that like going into it with a mindset like things will change and like how do you how do you build it so it's agile and adaptable so it's not too disruptive to what you had in mind or even for like your ideal customers or prospects and creating a very like fluid experience no I would agree and I think that's a perfect note to end on um so what we're going to be doing is as people probably know by now we'll have a blog post corresponding to this episode so any information that Janet would like to provide as far as links to information she would like to share and where you can get in touch with their company will be provided there. Um, And as always, remember to tune in next week for Everyday Business Solutions. Thank you.